Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning, Father. Oh, shut up. <laughs> it's so loud. That was a little, That was. that's about the, as much energy as I will muster today. You're about to spill your coffee. Um, my, yeah. my second, my third of the day. I said yesterday at the end of the fair, I go tune in tomorrow, Monday morning harmless, where you will listen to two dead men say the, <laughs> preach the gospel. We got high energy this morning. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. Jokes aside, I... Uh, I am actually very energized. You are by what we just you you were you were firing off emails at eleven o'clock last, and I'm like, what? Who is this man? It was a great weekend. Tell Angie wasn't home. It was, uh, <laughs> you know, after the well, you know, after the Easter vigil, you get that high, and it's just like, okay, I can't go to sleep right now. That's that's what was going on last night. Uh huh. But I mean, we were yeah, we were all there, and 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 we experienced it. But I was I was out. He was firing off emails, and and I didn't go to sleep because I wanted to watch. It was a very good football game between yeah. Kansas City and Green Bay last night. Um, but I was ready to knock out in the beginning of the fourth quarter. I'm like, no, let me stay awake and watch the game. So as I'm watching the game, I notice emails coming in. I'm like, who's sending me emails this late at night? I go, why are you usually asleep by 930? Yeah. Give me a break. <laughs> Not last night. He was running reports. He was doing this. He was doing that. And I and listen. Uh, I don't know how he did one, all this. One less thing I have to do this morning. It is, you know, so we could do a podcast. So he was, I don't know, I still don't know how he did the raffle. Uh, I know that it went off without a hitch. I know people enjoyed it. Uh, uh, people love the digital, the, the randomness of it, the press my luck, you know, no whammy, no whammy. To, stop, you know, the kids loved it. Yep. I have to get him a buzzer for next year or something <laughs> like that, you know. Um, but it was it was great. You know what? Little complaint though. When I when I do these things, like they're you know like introduce something or or you know do or, you know MC a rap or do something like that or I've, and I've MC'd you know gala events and stuff yeah. like that uh, for the diocese. Father, people come to me, Father, you really should have been an MC. I'm like, well, screw you, man. I'm a priest. <laughs> I'm like, you're de- you're demeaning my vac- vocation. <laughs> I'm like, and what do you think I do on Sunday? I'm I'm presiding over sh- a liturgy. No, you should go host a game show. I would love to host a game <laughs> show, but Jeopardy denied my 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 audition tape when Trebek died. You know, no, Jeopardy's too low key for me. You know, no, that I, mean, I it's like, but you see what That's you see awesome. my point That's here. That's hilarious. You see my point. You're demeaning my vocation. I'm like, you're not good. You know. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that he said that you're not, you're not a good priest. I'm just saying, oh, you should have been an MC. I'm like, man, come on, should have been an MC. Should have been. come on, get out of here. But I had fun, and but I, I was saying, I have no idea how he did it. He put all these numbers, and and, and it was sixty eight thousand, sixty seven thousand two hundred and sixty one. There were sixty seven thousand tickets, tickets well, and quote unquote names tickets. and stuff that were put in a computer in different spreadsheets. And I sat next to this man, and he just put spreadsheets together on the fly and put them and assigned them all. No- 
numbers and we put a random generator up there and people loved it. It was great. And hats off to our fair committee, uh, to Sandra, to Alex, to Mariloli and everybody who participated in our fair committee. Uh, those are the chairs. Uh, and I can name so many people, but it was just an amazing, amazing weekend. What I love about it, here's another thing that, I, that, that, that I'm going to complain about at this point. <laughs> I don't know why. It's, it's, it's certain people <laughs> in the office that, are, that, that I guess rubbed off on me this morning. Is that people in my parish, you know, still schedule things for their ministries and things like that uh, during the fair. And Father, can you come? I go, no. My entire parish is in one location. Nope. All at the same time, I don't leave. You know, I don't want to be more, but the only time I have ever left a parish fair was when my brother passed away during a parish fair nine years ago. Okay. So it's like, yep. don't schedule. This is everyone comes together and it was so joyful to see everybody. And it was so joyful to see old alumni. It was so joyful to see parishioners I haven't seen in a while, parishioners who may have wandered off and come back and said, Father, the fair is great. It's wonderful. It's great. And I, yeah, because our community is great. Yep. This morning, uh, all the priests were having breakfast in the in the kitchen. When I w walked down, I'm like, hey, everybody's here. And Father Hugo says, Father, congratulations on a wonderful way. I go, I didn't do anything. I just showed up. Because of the people, you know, who were. But he said, yeah, you know, but if everything would have gone wrong, you would have gotten the blame. I go, well, that's true. But um, but no, it was great. Weather was great. Carnival rides were great. The kids had a great time. I have no idea what the, the grounds looked like this morning. No, oh, they're still tearing down all the all the rides the ferris so. wheel was down i mean because i could see that from my front door yep. Yep. everything is down i mean they were it, it was fast they tore everything down so fast last yep. night and, but numbers and, aside just the to to see the whole community yeah. there and literally the whole community it's school kids alumni religious ed families parish families just everyone just yeah. there together having an amazing time it was great makes it, was it great. makes every minute of blood sweat and tears and all that hard work. Mm -hmm. So and, worth, so and, worth and it. that's the best thing about a fair because it's not a yes, we're raising funds, but for me it's always it is one of it is the greatest community builder because people are working together and I've had stories of people who met working a booth and they're yep. in there for three hour shifts yep. and and they get to know each other and families get to know each other and now lifelong friends and I get to know my parishioners better and I and I stopped and talked to so many young people and to so many parishioners that I didn't know uh, that well before this weekend and and that and that's the beauty of it is like you know i only you know we have mass on sunday it's only for an hour and then when we're walking out of mass i may have what five ten seconds and i'm greeting you no. as you're walking out and now we get to sit down we get to have you know share share drink or food or whatever or just talking you know while the kids are running around and or going through the ferris wheel or whatever it is but no it, it is such a beautiful event and and to dispel the rumors i don't know why this rumor got out there that this is our last fair because of the multi-purpose building going up. No, it's coming back next year, December 6th, 7th, and 8th. And I talked to the Carnival director, uh, Carnival Company last night, and we talked about, okay, how are we going to do this? And it's not not going to be all that different. Uh, we don't know year. exactly what it's going to look like, but no, there'll be just, something. It's just going to be moved a little bit to the where, where the Ferris wheel and the slide are. That's not going to happen. That sh should be a construction site this time next year, but uh, we hope. And so cables permitting. And Archbishop permitting, but um, but everything just moves to the moves to the right, and we'll, you know we, we're going to have a fair. That's that's what it is. So just a great weekend, and and during all that insanity, Advent began. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was like as we're supposed to tone down the. Uh... <laughs> oh, you know, so Advent 
not somber, but it, it is uh, a preparation period. So there is some more solemnity to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just ironic that we have the fair weekend. No, I said it this on morning. On Advent 1. <laughs> I, I said it this morning. You know, I enjoy the silence that Advent brings. It, brings. it was very beautiful on, on, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, I believe uh, Sister Mary Elizabeth told Father Andrew, you know, how beautiful the first Vespers of Advent are. And, and it's always my favorite Vespers of the year because you're starting another liturgical year. You're entering into the silence of Advent. And I always have the practice of going to the silence of the chapel like, like around 4 o'clock before, you know, the evening activities start on Saturday. Usually I have weddings or, or even the 5 o'clock Mass. I usually enjoy doing that first Mass of Advent. And, you know, I just embrace the silence and go into that. And so Sister Mary Elizabeth told Father Andrew, you know, uh, go pray your Vespers. And, and Father Andrew texted me around like around 4.50 or something like that, right before he, he started Mass. He goes, have you prayed your, your favorite Vespers mm-hmm. yet? So I had to go into the school, I think it was to the second or third floor, to a very quiet place without hearing music <laughs> going around. Uh, if that was possible. It w- no, I did find a nice, nice. little corner, it, you know, sitting in a stairwell somewhere. And um, and prayed my my first. It's wherever you are. Christ says, find find a private place and and pray in secret. You know, I guess it's not a secret anymore. I just told you, but um, but it still is beautiful. But I like you know just in that silence and then hearing you know I like playing O Come O Come Emmanuel. I have a beautiful rendition by the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, which is just it's tremendous and uh, all of that you know lends and and you know lends itself to enter into the season and. And so, you know, we were all so busy this weekend, and we always talk about the busyness of this time of year, that there's so many things, there's so many parties, there's so many uh, compromisos and commitments and things to do, and and uh, we don't make we need to make time for the Lord. We need to make time to prepare ourselves for Advent. And so yesterday, you know, in the first Sunday of Advent, you know, we had this beautiful reading from, uh, from Isaiah in which kind of sets a tone for... For Advent, you know, it's Isaiah 63, and kind of sets the tone for uh, how we should prepare ourselves and how kind of we, not only prepare ourselves, but how we look at God, how we should look at God, how we shouldn't look at God, and how God is trying to move us towards salvation. And I don't know how it was for you. I I, I texted you on, on, on Saturday morning as I was finishing writing my homily that, you know, George was, you know, the energy still this morning. He's, he was all, he was like, a, you know, the energizing bunny all week long. It's a, no wonder Angie fled, fled the city, you know. So, <laughs> um, she's in DC in business. God bless her. And so he was, and and, I, and he said, I'm sorry for all the texts. I know your texts were fine. It was just a million other things that I was going through and dealing with, you know, and and just trying to filter and then trying to write a homily at the same time. It was very difficult to enter into the silence of Advent. Yeah, I haven't, yeah. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> you know, you know, hopefully, the po- hopefully, this podcast helps. That's why we're recording. Because we, we could have mailed this in. You know, we could have, hey, let's play last year's first yeah. Sunday of Advent. You know, you know, whatever it was. Nobody will know. But we wanted, it, we wanted to do this this morning. All right. Isaiah. Where did, where did we find Isaiah yesterday? The people of Israel are in exile. And so they... Start off fine in the, in their in their reading in their in the reading that they recognize God is our Father, He's our Redeemer, named forever, but they start complaining, like we do. Why do you let us wander? 
you know, why do we, you know, why do you let us wander alone from your ways and harder our hearts so we fear you not? You know, our inclination when something goes wrong in the spiritual life is to blame God. When something, even when something does, goes wrong in our life, you know, somebody dies unexpectedly, you know, some, something horrific happens. God, why did you let this happen? And I notice that that happens to mostly the people who are not necessarily people of faith. It happens to people who may marginally believe in God. And when it comes to something bad happens, you know, oh, this is why I don't believe in God. Because, you know, this happened. Because this bad thing happened. You know, call her out. I'm in a mood this morning. Uh, you know, our wonderful Miss America, Megan Rapino, who was, you know, led us to so many World oh. Cups on her last game. Or he's doing, shaking his head oh. there. He's dunking his face in his hot coffee. Um, <laughs> her last game, okay? And listen, her politics aside, all that, she was a magnificent player, inspired a lot a lot of young girls to play soccer. He's rolling his eyes here. But I'm, you know, and, and but you and I cheered her. I, you sat next to me for many U.S. women's soccer games. And we cheered her. But her, uh, what my point is, her last game ever in a championship game for the Women's uh, Soccer League here in the United States, she had an injury very early in the match that had to pull out. Yeah. And in her post-game press conference, which was her final press conference, she says, well, there you go, that happens. And just another, you know, another, uh, another uh, evidence that God doesn't exist. I'm paraphrasing her. And... As George is rolling his eyes at me right now, I rolled my eyes as well because, like I said, it's the marginal believer, the one that you know kind of maybe doesn't believe that will use any excuse or any bad thing that happens to say God does not exist. And so when I, when the people of Israel say, "Why do you let us wander from your ways and harden our hearts so we fear you not?" So in other words, we're blaming God for our sins. We're blaming God that He has given us the freedom to sin. We're blaming God that he's given us the freedom to wander off. You know, we want, and so basically what they're saying is, we want God to force us to do good and not fall into sin, but see, that's not love. God did not create us that way. He gave us a wonderful gift of freedom to open ourselves up to his love and to his grace and to sometimes stumble. That's how we discover his love and mercy. That's a good father, you know. And we've—I've used this example before, but when my kids were learning to walk, I got to let them fall. You know, if, if I'm constantly holding them up, holding their hands, yeah. you know, make, carrying them around, they'll never learn to walk. They'll never learn to run. They'll never learn to you know, experience the freedom of mobility. You know, so I, as just very literally speaking, for them to learn how to walk, they have to fall. And they have to understand what it means to fall, and they have to experience the pain of falling. You know, because then they say, "Oh, I don't want to do that again." You know, and everyone listening knows the examples. You know, don't touch a hot stove, and you won't really know what that means until mm -hmm. you touch a hot stove. And it's the same exact thing with with sin and the freedom that God gives us. You know, He wants us to love Him, but if He just forces that, then it's we're robots, and doesn't matter. You know, but but the freedom to live our lives, you know, the freedom to choose to love God, you know, that's real love. Absolutely. And yes, he lets us wander off. And, you know, if, if you're embroiled in sin, you say, okay, God, why 
you, are you allowing this to happen? But in that, it's not so much a complaint, but a cry to God saying, you know, I need your help. You know, why am I going through this? I need your, and, and I start off saying, the homily saying, we, this is a season of grace. We need to open ourselves up to grace. We need to open ourselves up to the grace that God has given us that we close ourselves off to so often because we don't want it or because sin doesn't allow it to enter our hearts or because we just simply say, eh, I could do this. I could do this on my own. I think it's important to point out it's not a bad question. It's a it's a very natural no, question. You know, anytime you think of a hurricane hits, oh, how can God let that happen? You know, you think of personal tragedy in your life. You know, why God? Why did you let that happen? You know, I personal experience. I unloaded on God in the yeah, chapel that's directly underneath us. You know, when I lost my twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said, how could how could you allow this to happen? You know, why would you do this to me? You know, it's a very natural response, and and, it, and it's prayer. So it's not, so, you know, just to, to point that out, it's not, to ask that question is, it's not a judgment to say, oh, you should never ask that question. But where does that question lead you? And that's where the reading goes. Yeah. Because it and that's why it, I love that this weekend is hope. Right. You know, because Advent 1 is, you know, the four candles have different meanings. Week 1 is always hope. And that's where this reading leads us. Because it says, return for, for, return for the sake of your servants. Oh, that now, and these are very Advent images now that Isaiah throws at us. Oh, that the, that you would rend the heavens and come down, tear open the heavens, come down, while the mountains quake before you, while the rot, while you wrought awesome deeds you could not hope for, such as they had not heard of of old from of old. Uh, very Advent images, you know, the, the hills made straight, you know, the valleys filled, so that you know we repair that straight path for the Lord. So. During Advent, we we look for the coming of the Messiah, and which which is what Israel hoped for. Israel wanted this Messiah to come in, and it is our hope, as Jorge said, as well. This beautiful imagery of of you know, just tear open the heavens, like come like a mighty warrior, tear open the heavens and make the mountains quake and make the earth shake, so that people understand that you are God. And so he continues saying. Would that you might meet us doing right, that we were mindful of you in our ways. In other words, may he find us, Jesus said it in, in, you know, in yesterday's gospel, which I didn't even speak about, when he said, be watchful, be alert. And this reading echoes that, that you might meet us doing right, that we were, that we were mindful in all your ways. Behold, now it takes another turn. Behold, you are angry, and we are sinful. All of us have become like unclean people, and all our good deeds are like polluted rags. We have we have all withered like leaves, and our guilt carries us away like the wind. Okay, now it's like you know, let's beat our breast here, you know, let's just you know go to town. And I said it yesterday is that we sometimes are harder on ourselves than God is. You know, we look in the mirror, we we see. We're weighed down by sin. We see that, you know, things aren't right. But see, God sees something beautiful. Now we could be broken and waiting to open ourselves up to his grace to allow him to fix what is broken. But the people long for God to come and to find us in a state of grace. Okay? But 
they say, but you're angry because we're sinful. You know, that's not, you know, that's not how God is. We think that God is angry with us because of our sin, but and we forget that God does not punish. And even the good that we do, we disparage. Our good deeds are like polluted rags. That is so such a great image from Isaiah. Our good deeds are like polluted rags. You know, it doesn't mean anything. Why? Because of who we are. But this is where we need to open ourselves again to God's infinite grace. We need to be as small and meek and humble as a Christ child to allow the grace of God to transform our lives. My goodness, I'm so glad I wrote my homily yesterday <laughs> or I wouldn't know where to, what to talk about this one. You know, there's, there's a, a hidden element in all this. And we've talked about, I mean, obviously we started with talking about the fair and community and, and it's been something that's come up in several episodes lately. Isaiah, as a prophet, you know, he's not speaking about himself necessarily. He's he's looking around, and and it's beautiful because in the in community, and especially now as we begin Advent, as we as we you know try to to embrace this hope, you know, it's easy to look around and say and cast judgment. Oh, look at what that person's doing, and look at what that person's doing, and look at what that person's doing, you know, and and. Focus on all the external, but Isaiah, as a prophet, right, who's who's probably got a pretty good understanding of what's of what's going. On. He's looking at the community, saying, "Oh, there's something not right here," but he's not just pointing the finger, right? Then he turns that he turns to that hope. You know, so as we as we think of ourselves, you know, in our community, as we you know go through our own examinations, as we enter this period of preparation, you know, it's yes, obviously we we have to look around. We can't help but look around. We also have to look at ourselves, but we can't just get stuck on this is what's wrong. You know, there has to be this element, and that's what, what I love about this period of Advent. There has to be that element of there's a problem and there's a solution. And now let's focus on the solution. And that's exactly what we see in Isaiah, because Isaiah could have very easily just said, point the finger, point the finger, point the finger. You're doing it wrong. You've got this wrong. You've got the mistake. That's incorrect and left it there, right? But he has this hope for the people that he is preaching to. Right. And we have to understand that there's always a communal aspect to sin. And you and you said it right. Advent and Lent, for that matter, when you get into these penitential seasons, it's a season of opportunity where we, like you said, we identify the problem. Okay, this is what is missing. And, okay, now how do we get to the solution? We know what the solution is. The solution is Jesus Christ. But how do we get there? And how do we incorporate Christ into our daily lives, as we talked about last week in Christ the King? How do we properly enthrone him in our lives? It was a beautiful experience yesterday uh, or Saturday that that we had a a vendor from from Jerusalem here, Palestinian, Mm -hmm. Whose parish is the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and he was selling, you know, goods from the Holy Land, you know, wood, olive wood carvings of the Holy Land, and people thankfully were very supportive of him. You know, he didn't need to advertise; people just flocked to him. And talking about being uh, enthroning Christ, I always said, you know, you enthrone Christ by placing placing him on his proper throne, which is the cross, in your home. And a couple, very active couple in our parish, been married for over ten years. And said, Father, we've never had a crucifix in, our, in in my house because, and, and the woman said, because 
frankly, I, I've always been very picky, but she saw this crucifix from the Holy Land. You know, that was so beautiful. I go, this is what's going in our house. So, you know, even in, in this, and it's not because they're a great family. They go to church every Sunday. They're very active in our community. And they said, you know, we finally, need to, after 10 years, we need to do this. And this is the cross that we're putting. And so it's, we know the solution. It's just getting there and placing and enthroning Christ in the proper place in our life. And recognizing, number one, that not only that we need God's infinite grace, but number two, that we need him and we need each other because sin has a communal aspect to it. That's why we, you know, when we pray the Confidior in Mass, we say, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, because when we sin, even though it's something that may not nobody may not, you know, may know, there is a communal aspect in that when we sin, we tear ourselves slowly away from the body of Christ. We sever that bond, even if it's a private sin. So we can't conquer sin on our own. We need God. And I, I use the analogy, it's like it's like an alcoholic or a drug addict saying, I can overcome this addiction by myself. Any alcoholic or drug or recovering alcoholic or recovering drug addict will tell me that's a stupid lie. You can't do it by yourself. You need a community. They have Alcoholics Anonymous. They have, you know, all the drug drug addicts and anonymous uh, or groups or support groups and therapy groups that exist. And you need a therapist. And you need doctors. And you need it's a disease. It's like saying, "Oh, I'm going to conquer this cancer on my own." You can't. You need a doctor. You need prescriptions. You need you need medicine, and you need the help of people. And so. The same thing with us in sin. We can't do this on our own. As sinners, we need God's grace and we need the help of others. And which is why I always like say like to say to our you know our brothers and sisters who who go through retreat experiences is that when you come out, you know, find someone who will hold you accountable. Okay, find someone who can walk with you in journey, and and you can sometimes do this in small groups and say find two or three three guys, through two or three girls. And when the reason I say, you know, separate them because, you know, guys deal with different things than girls. I don't want to get into it. This is not confession material. This is something that's common knowledge. But guys deal with different things than women do. And, and women deal with the different things than men do. And, and so commiserate and you find these things in common. That's not to sound misogynistic. It's just to say, this is what we're holding you accountable for. Okay? And when you do that, in a positive way. In a totally positive you know, way. Not just call each other out. It's... Right. <laughs> in a very positive way. Because, you know, because if you want to help that person achieve salvation. Yep. Now, the main, you know, I'm glad you said that because the main point of emphasis in calling and holding each other accountable is in a marriage. Mm -hmm. Because a husband and wife are, are constantly holding each other up to a higher standard as they should. And they know each other so well that they know where their weaknesses and where their strengths lie. And they should build up those weaknesses and say, in spite of that weakness, I still love you. You know, sin cannot be tackled by yourself. You need God, first and foremost, but you also need the help of a community. It could be one other person, it could be two other persons. That's your spiritual direction, that's your confessor, that's where, you know, a close friend gets involved and says, hey, I didn't see you at Mass. Hey, I didn't see, you know, are you still struggling with this? Are you still struggling with that? And be able to find someone to help you, you know, not wander far off, as I say I did. You know?
So let's finish this uh, reading up. There's none who call upon your name. The reading continues. Who rouses himself to cling to you. For you have hidden your face from us and, we, and have delivered us up to our guilt. So, you know, the people in Israel, they're exiled. And I, the reason that, again, the reason that this reading is, is said at the, the beginning of the Advent because it, it's us recognizing that we're ex, we've exiled ourselves from God. And kind of like here in this section of this reading, like the pity party continues, you have de- you have hidden your face from us, O oh God, and have delivered us up to our guilt. Because we're sometimes we see the bad more than we do the good. And, and we're blind to God's mm-hmm. grace. You know, yes, you know, I could, and I did at the beginning of the podcast, I guess, you know, I could tell you, a, you know, it's not that many, actually, things that happened wrong this weekend, but... They're overshadowed by the million things that went right. But we're so quick to point out the bad. You know, well, I not to, hold on. We're not just quick to point out the bad. We're quick to look for the bad. True. And that in itself is something we could probably reflect on at length. You know, because when you're looking for it, you will find it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I say that to people all the time. Oh, Father, that's this is demonic. Father, this is... I go, well, if you're looking for the demonic, yeah. you're going to find it. I mean, the, just our first raffle, our practice raffle ticket was uh, started with 666. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, again, there were 67,000 <laughs> entries, and that was the first thing that I said. Well, I mean, it was pretty glaring. There's yeah. a big 66628, whatever it was, up there on, the, on a 70 See, but we inch. can laugh about it, but there are, there are people who would look at that and run away... And say, oh my goodness, this church or this school is cursed. And there's a nun and a priest up there with a 666 yeah. behind it. And then later on, there was a 999. A 999 yeah. You know, and I go, oh, there's 666 in reverse. Um, but that, that reminds me of Hurricane, the, the presidential canon, 999. But, uh, but if, you look, if you look for it, you are guaranteed to find it. Yeah. Um, so what are we looking for? Yeah, and again, the, the hope of this season. What are we looking for? And if, if, if our sight is on the right thing... We will find it, and that brings with it incredible grace. It does. And, you know, so many times, like I said, the bad, a hundred people could come up to me and say something to me about my homily mm-hmm. or about what happened in church on Sunday. And, oh, Father, that was great. Father, that was wonderful. But it's that one person that said, I didn't like what you preached about. Or, complained about the air conditioner, complained about the music, or complained about this, or complained about that. And that's that one person is one that I'm thinking about the rest of the day. Not that other 99 that says something good. you know. But yet, I, I'm thinking back on the last three days, and I can't think of someone who, and not to say that somebody didn't, but it's, it's, I can't think of that one instance of somebody saying, you know, this is wrong, or this is bad, or this is, you shouldn't be doing this during the fair. Because every year, it's like, you know, the priest, I'm walking around with a collar. He goes, no. you know, complaint department, you know, come here. Even though I am very hands-off, this is the most hands-off I've ever been in fairs in my life when I got to this parish. And, you know, those are people that are doing it. But that one little thing, don't let it ruin your day. And don't go looking for it. You know, don't go looking for trouble. It'll eventually find you. Yep. So so the, the reading ends on a hopeful note, thankfully, as everything should. Yet, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hands. He is indeed our father. 
our benevolent Father, our merciful Father, as 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 a song that the call sings quite frequently says, "You are our good, good Father." We just have to surrender to His hands, like fresh clay in the in the hands of a skilled potter. We need to just fall into His arms this Advent. So, let Him create something beautiful in you. It's allowing ourselves to be clay. The thing is that our hearts are hardened. We're the ones that have to chisel that stone away and 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 let his the the heat of the Holy Spirit melt that heart so that it could be molded by God into something beautiful, into something that is worthy, into something that num number one is open to his grace that he wants to bestow upon us during the season of hope. So now as we begin Advent, I, I channel a little bit of Pope Francis yesterday at the end of my homily because sometimes he'll, during a homily or during a reflection or during a general audience or during an Angelus, he'll kind of like say, let's, you know, in our hearts, let's let's say this to God. You know, let, let's do this prayer. And, and I said, let's pray this during, you know, and obviously this is extemporaneous prayer, but I said, say to God during this Advent season, Father, my heart is cluttered with sin. I am lost. I have wandered far from your love. Help me to see your grace at work in my life. Take my broken heart. Make it new. Make it pure. Make my heart ready to receive your glorious Son this Christmas. Yes! Yes! For you! For you! running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but just... No. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Play Playoffs? What happened yesterday? We were Ooh. we were busy, and all of a sudden we get these text alerts that said our boy, our friends up in Tallahassee were left out. I am more outraged as, uh, about this than you are. I got my little tiny uh, violin right here. Oh boy, we apologize to our FSU listeners. Kind of. <laughs> I was uh, okay. Here, did they get robbed? Absolutely. Yes, they did. Do I feel bad about it? Not really. Oh dear. Because of 2000? 2000. 2000. We beat them head-to-head, -head and they went to the BCS. And they got plastered. They I did mean, not get plastered. They, it was it was a... I, I didn't see the game because I was I was on retreat that week. Okay, but... but they, they had no they, business being in there, and the whole world knows that if Miami were in that game, they would have they they would plastered Oklahoma. Oklahoma. So, sorry, FSU. 23 years ago, and you're still holding a grudge. I mean, I'm still... I'm not holding a grudge. No, I, I, I'm I am. Saying, I am. But. I'm just saying. Uh, did you get robbed? Yes. Uh, but I don't feel all too right. bad about it. So, <laughs> Saturday night, let's set the stage. Saturday, Saturday, we had all these championship games. I didn't see a minute of any of them. Okay. I, I was able... I, you know, I saw... I'm bits useless pieces. this segment, by yeah. the way. I am... No, but you have opinions about the playoffs, which you'll we'll that, get to. And that's about all I can okay. contribute. Um, so... I'm watching with parishioners. There's a, there were a lot of FSU fans that we allowed on campus during <laughs> during the fair to watch the game, and God bless them, they were there. And then afterwards, you know, FSU was not that impressive. But you know what? 
with a third-string quarterback. They yeah. played a top... Louis, I think, was ranked 11. They played a top 15 team in the country in a neutral side, and they beat them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what the score was. It doesn't matter how they did it. Yep. They beat them. I agree. Because whoever wins the national championship, okay, doesn't matter how you did it. You win. Go back to the Super Bowl a few years ago when New England played the Rams in Atlanta in a awful Super Bowl that ended 13 to 3. Didn't matter what the score was or how New England won that game. What mattered is that Tom Brady hoisted another freaking Lombardi trophy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how you get there. So Florida State, what else can you ask of them? Okay? Yes, did they look bad against Louisville? They did. Did they look bad against Florida? They did. Did they look bad against Miami? They did. Did they look bad against Boston College? They did. But you know what they did at the end of all those games? They had one more point than the other team. Yep. They went undefeated in a Power 5 conference. And they won all their games. Didn't matter how they did it. They beat the most AP Top 25 teams. They beat the most teams that were eligible for bowls of any team of the Top 25. Yep. And still, you have the temerity to tell these poor kids who are being blamed because their quarterback got injured that they can't play for a national championship. Yes, I even I, you could ask any FSU fan that I spoke to this weekend. They know they were they would have gotten waxed by Michigan because Alabama took their place. Okay, they didn't get waxed by Oklahoma, but they lost thirteen to two. No, it was an awful <laughs> game. I told you it was a terrible, <laughs> terrible. I remember the score. I could have told you the score. I could have, you didn't have to look it up. I, I knew Oof. that I knew that they only had scored two points in the uh, safety. So it, it it was just a travesty. I I, I recorded something, but it was, the audio quality is bad, and there were crickets behind it because uh, during the we we really wanted to do a podcast during the fair, but Jorge and I did not have time to do it or to set it up. It would have been fun, but it, and it, maybe next year, ne- maybe. So, uh, but I recorded something, and I said this is how it should be. It yep. should be Michigan, Washington, Florida State, the three undefeateds, yep. and Texas, and no SEC team. Yep. Why? Because Texas beat Alabama mm-hmm. in Tuscaloosa. Absolutely. Georgia is not a conference champion. They lost to Alabama. Now, congrats to Alabama. You went undefeated in conference play in the SEC. Your only loss was to the Big 12 champion at home. But you needed a fourth and thirty miracle mm-hmm. against six and six Auburn. Yep. You did not play well with a backup quarterback against USF. Does this sound familiar, FSU fans? You beat Arkansas by three. And there was another team I'm forgetting right now that you also beat by three. Yep. And but because it's Alabama, because it's the Southeast Conference, because yep. it means more. Yep. And because they basically run college football in Alabama, the SEC. You know, you have pretty much two Big Ten teams and two big SEC teams. That's because Washington and, and Texas are moving next year yep. to the Big Ten and to SEC, respectively. And that's where we have it. Was, Jorge, was yesterday the official beginning of the end of the Atlantic Coast Conference? Absolutely. Why? <laughs> they can't see you making gestures at me. <laughs> Sorry, I just went, what do you mean, Why? <laughs> because they just basically on the biggest platform of college football said the ACC is irrelevant, so blow it up. They basically said you're like UCF, yeah. you're the you're the American Conference. Yeah. You're you're a group of six now. Yeah, 
Group of five. Yeah, maybe. make it make a group of six. Just throw the ACC down there. I mean, I don't know, and I had this discussion with other people. I don't know what's going on with the Yahoos in Tallahassee. They're, I mean, they sh- they're setting fire to the earth, and as yeah. well, they should. Yeah. Mike Norvell sticking up for his players. God bless yeah. him. He should. Yep. Yeah. I wonder. You know, if- you know who's got to be feeling pretty embarrassed this morning? Who? Jim Phillips, ACC commissioner, who <laughs> banded together with the Pac-12 the and the Big Ten, Oy. the Alliance to postpone the 12-team playoff by a year, it, it, and it cost them. It cost them a. It, a, but it but, cost them a couple pl- a couple teams in the playoffs. All right, but listen to this because uh, Louisville might have squeaked in, might have squeaked in there. Um, I don't think I think they we're out of the top twelve. But here's where the the logic of the playoff committee doesn't make sense. Okay, you're saying that Alabama is better than Florida, but the defending champ Florida. as far as state, Alabama is definitely better than Florida. Uh, you're saying that Alabama is better than Florida State. But that one loss, Georgia, yeah. who had won a million games in yeah. a row, the back to back champions are behind Florida State. Mm-hmm. Your 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 logic isn't conclusive. Yep. If you're if you're saying if if you're saying that Texas and Alabama should be ahead of Florida State, okay, then Georgia needs to be ahead of Florida State also. And with that logic. So they contradicted themselves. Yep. Atlantic Conference, I said, I was saying earlier, I don't know what they're doing thinking in Tallahassee. If I'm the UM athletic director, I'm on the phone with the FSU athletic director. I said, you're talking to your lawyers. That grant of rights is a yep. big thing. Until 2036 or 2032, one of those two. It's still a long ways away. I think it's 2036. Of figuring out with the lawyers, how do we get out of this? Because they haven't think until August yep. to say, we're, we're out. We're out. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if every single ACC uh, athletic director is on a conference call right now. To whom? With each other. I think if they have enough votes, they can they can opt out. Opt out of what? Of and the go, grant and, of rights. The, and, if if the oh. if the entire okay. if the entire uh, conference is on board, they can they can just disband or or head out. Oh, it happened in the Pac-12, you know, inadvertently. But uh, all of this is happening, and, and but, but the reason I asked to where is because okay, UCLA and USC. Banded together as rivals and yep. say we're going to the to the to the Big Ten. Yep. Texas and Oklahoma, who hate each other, mm-hmm. said we're going to the SEC. All right. I've always said this. Yes, there's hate between Florida and UM and Florida and Florida State, but Florida State and, and Miami have this mutual mm-hmm. respect, respect in terms yep. in terms of the programs, in terms of so many things. It's not the hatred we have for sports hatred that we have for UF. But sorry, uh, Nate. But uh, so what happens is that. We should be saying we got to get together. You know, get you know, you're not Clemson. You, you know, you don't get in bed with Clemson. Don't get in bed with Carolina. Let's get together. And I've always said it. Join the Big Ten. They, you don't think the Big Ten wants a footprint in Florida? Yep. And I always and I've said this on this podcast before. You know, everybody's oh Florida State because uh, yes, they're up right now. They were down two years ago. I always blame that fourth and fourteen. Manny Diaz gave it gave up that fourth and fourteen, and Mike Norvell hasn't stopped since. And they converted that. And they went undefeated this year. And your consolation prize? Oh, go to the Orange Bowl and play Georgia. Yep. Who has frustrations to take out. Yep. Now, would I, do I think that Florida would have given Florida Michigan, State. Florida State, I'm sorry, would have given, it's, it, we're still tired, <laughs> would have given Michigan a game? That defense would have given them a game. Yep. Iowa's defense gave them a, I mean, even though that offense didn't mm-hmm. score, 
they would have given Michigan a game in terms of defense. You stack that defense up with any other defense in in college football. Alabama and Washington, uh, Washington's offense is pretty potent. I mean, that would have been interesting to see. So what do you got? You have Michigan-Alabama in the Rose Bowl. Interesting matchup. Listen, the matchups, sorry, FSU, the matchups are far more entertaining. But that's what they were looking at. Let's be let's be honest. Uh, it, Father Andrews very much said, "Give it back to the computers." But what happened with the computers? Two thousand. Yeah, took us took a championship away from us, potential championship, because nothing is given. Nothing's given. Two thousand two thousand two against Ohio State. We were supposed to. It was a big. That was a big line. But we won't speak about half a point on Friday. But that's another story. <laughs> um, so interesting bowl games, uh, uh, championship bowl games, Rose Bowl. Sugar Bowl, you have Texas and Washington. That should be a very good game. Washington destroyed Oklahoma State. They came out. How Florida? If now I wonder if Florida State would have come out and hung sixty on Louisville, would this have changed? Would you have had an SEC team out of the playoff? I don't know. I think so. If they would have beaten Louisville at sixty, I think so because they they basically went to uh, the beauty pageant. Unbelievable. And that's not sure. so. We you basically said number one, and, is, and the proof of that is that Georgia fell to six, so they're looking at the beauty which, pageant of it all. No, but but what, exactly the Georgia fatigue. Yeah, but Georgia because if, if Florida State would have been six in the final rankings, then you, you then at least the the logic holds. You can't tell me that Georgia's be, that Georgia's worse than Washington and Texas. No. Okay, Georgia, they didn't have any. They didn't have a terribly tough schedule. But if you, uh, they, somebody put like fake lines up there. Yeah, okay. Vegas does that projects the lines. Mm-hmm. Georgia would have been favored against Washington, against Michigan, and against, and against Texas. Yep. And they were favored barely against Oklahoma, against Alabama. I think it was five point spread. Yep. Um, what was up with three people on college game day picking Iowa? Against really? Mi- I didn't see any. Yeah, oh. No, I just. I've been told I'm useless on this thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, was, it was, uh, was it McAfee? Whoever the celebrity picker was, I don't. I think it was a guy that we raffled off the tickets to, the comedian, and uh, Corso all picked Iowa. Oh. I'm like, it was 26 to nothing. My goodness, Iowa is just you know one of those teams. I was like, and you know they're playing Tennessee in the Citrus Bowl. <laughs> Tennessee, death taxes in Tennessee in the Citrus Bowl always happens. Your hurricane. I need. Oh, I need to make a correction. The yeah. the. Uh, Commissioners voting together was to allow teams into the ACC. It's not about the grant of rights. So yeah, I, so I was going to so say, take that grant grants of rights is yeah, a that's document. Locked, that's locked that's in. That's a contract that they all have of with them. ESPN that yeah. locks everything, everybody in. And basically, if you leave, what it means is if you leave, so say, let's say Florida State leaves, it You're means right. that ESPN has the rights to air their games yep. and not give them any money yep. until 2036. Yep. Okay. No, you could vote together to, to bring other people yep. in, but. Who's left out there? We listen. We did this already. We took Cal, SMU, and uh, Stanford, and SMU, you know, was one spot away from getting a New Year's Six game. Are you looking forward to Oregon and Liberty in the Fiesta Bowl? <laughs> Liberty, give me Liberty or give me. They're undefeated, I guess, because they're undefeated. But I would have liked to have seen. I, a, I, I beyond beyond Miami and the. Two semifinals. I don't have no idea who's in any bowl right now. I did look at the bowl list last I, night. 
late last night. While you were crunching numbers, I, was, I did look at the Bulls. I, I can tell you all the numbers of the fair, but I can't tell you the Bulls schedule. <laughs> <laughs> December 28th, Miami <laughs> goes into Yankee Stadium to play the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers You're gonna State go? University. I would love to, except that I have priests away. Uh, <laughs> Jessica Cristobal, the, the coach's wife, said, you know, bucket list item. I always wanted to have Christmas in New York. And, you know, they obviously they go there early, yeah. like usually five days early. Yeah. So I'll be there for Christmas, even Christmas. Um, if you know, Mar, if you need a chaplain, let me know. I great, I, great place to be for. Uh, we went last year. It was, it was, it was great. Uh, but the pinstripe bowl, uh, apparently, I don't know if we were in the running for the, to play Oregon state in the sun bowl, but that's a pretty good matchup. I think it's two, uh, they, uh, Oregon state's playing Notre Dame in the sun bowl, uh, in El Paso. And I believe it's number 12 against number 16 or something. You know, they're two highly, they're, they're ranked teams. Uh, I could, I, I could tell you the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. I could tell you the, the you know, there's I, so many weird I love names. that you're using the sponsors and yeah. the titles. No, I read this last night. <laughs> um, there's a new, there's the Cheez-It Bowl. Is go, now, it's the pinstripe, the bad boy, bad boys, mowers. Bad boy, bad mowers, boy, pinstripe bowl. Try saying that 10 times fast. Yeah. The, the Fenway Bowie didn't make it. Boston College made it to the Fenway Bowl. Oh, shocker. Yeah. Um, they're right there. That would have been fun to, to go see in the cold in, in, in Fenway. Give me a break. Uh, so we, there's a million bowl games. The Bahamas Bowl is being played in Charlotte. Did you know that? Because uh, apparently the renovations to the stadium are not done yet in, oh. in the Bahamas. So it's bowl season. The playoffs are a sham next year. It'll be 12 teams. The regular season rendered mute. The ACC doesn't exist. Basically, it's been it's been cast aside. Like, I mean, there's two. There's a power two conference, and the Big 12 is kind of like said, okay, we're the. But thing is, the Big 12 loses Oklahoma and Texas now. So the next year, the Big 12 is going to be us. Because they took in great. They took in UCF. Mm-hmm. They took in BYU. They took in, I forget the other team now. Um, they took in all these. They're, they're the same as us. It's those two, SEC, Big 10. Yep. And then next year, when Texas and Oklahoma lead the Big 12, it's going to be the Big 12 and the ACC looking at each other. Yep. Like, like let's the same form company. an alliance. <laughs> Oh, Jim Phillips. <laughs> that guy. He should, he should I mean. Jim Phillips, right? Jim. I know it's Phillips. I yeah, think it's Jim Phillips. It's whatever. Pro football, uh, the Dolphins. We watched it in the carnival yesterday, in the fair yesterday. Forty-five to fifteen. Carnival. You didn't see any minute of that game. Where, where, oh, you were with your kids. You know, I was with you, my kids and the radio in my ear. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I didn't have the radio in my ear. We had a scoregami. Forty-five to fifteen was the final score. Another. Score, there's been a lot of scoregamis yeah, this year. A score that has never been. For those who don't know what scoregami means, it means a score that has never been uh, fi- uh, that has never been a final in NFL history in the hundred and some odd years history, 102 year history of the NFL. 45 to 15, uh, two or through two beautiful bombs to Tyreek. We had a pick six by Nick Needham. Defense looked great. Washington's just a very bad football team. And, uh, you know, I, I saw bits and pieces of the game, you know, talking to people, looking over their shoulders. Sorry, people. Uh, as, as a, you know, we had the game going on while girls were performing, you know, our girls were performing uh, on the stage. Uh, but it was. By the time they came to perform on the stage, by the time Santa showed up, you know the, the game was over. Uh, they pulled to a Mike White score. Uh, Mike White, came, you know, led a scoring drive with uh, a Chan came in, and thank God that he's in. Did you know that this morning the Dolphins are the number one seed in the AFC? I didn't know that. Okay, and I know that Tyreek is still on pace for two thousand. He is. Well, he keeps scoring one hundred fifty. You know, yeah. scoring two touchdowns and yeah. getting one hundred fifty yards. Officially, he is on pace. But if Jacksonville beats the Bengals tonight, Jacksonville. Because they have a better conference record, and they haven't had their bye yet, has the number one team, which is interesting to me. Huh. I, you know, don't know why. We play Tennessee next week, so Jacksonville's off. 
So I think we pass them next week if we win. But it's Let's we go. have a three-game lead on Buffalo. Let's go. So I believe if we th- we have Tennessee, what, the Jets. To go? We have five to go. Tennessee, the Jets, and then that gauntlet of right. Dallas at home, Baltimore on the road. That That's like a playoff game. And then Buffalo at home, and you just want to just put Buffalo out of their misery at that point. Um, the we're going to put, pe- put heaters on their sideline? <laughs> yeah. But at that, but it's thinking, <laughs> they're playing here in January. Yeah, but put heaters on their sideline anyway so they can um, cry about it too. They're still crying about that uh, about the, the sun last year for that one game they, that we beat them in. Give me a break. So the Dolphins are the number one seed. Big, big game in Philly where the Niners destroyed uh, Philadelphia. And the Niners look like the real deal. When they have everybody, you know, when they have Debo Samuel out there and when they have Christian McCaffrey out there and Purdy makes it look easy. And then last night, which was a revelation to me when I went home and finally, you know, relaxed and turned on a football game to watch in its entirety, Jordan Love was a revelation last night. He had, it was a co- like a combination of Favre and Rodgers just slinging around there and throwing touchdown passes. And uh, Kansas City looks very beatable. Very, very beatable. Um, if they don't get home field in the playoffs, I do not see... And even if they do get home field, because Detroit has gotten into... Uh, on opening night, went into Kansas City and won. But Kansas City looks very beatable. Um, How about that pass interference, though? You did. You, so you, yeah, I saw the end. But the thing, you did see the last drive. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but see the right before. But you have to talk about what happened before that pass interference. Right. The 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 roughing the pass. I mean the unnecessary roughness. Oh yeah, yeah. The guy the hit punch. Mahomes. No, no, the, that was that was I was in between. But Mahomes was going out of bounds after the first down oh, marker. Yeah, yeah. And the defender hits him while Mahomes is still, his two feet are still in the field of play. And the referee, even Terry McCauley, the referee analyst said, you know, you're fighting for every inch. It's first down. You need to take Mahomes out because Mahomes could do a little X, you know, press the X button and do a little pirouette on you and keep going. So the guy knocked him out of bounds while he was in the field of play. 15-yard penalty. I don't know if that was a makeup call, the the non-pass interference call. I'm kind of glad because it's a Dolphin fan and it prevented the Chiefs oh, from I'm tying com- the game. I'm not complaining, but oof. but it was defensive pass interference. Major. He was all over him. Uh, but everybody said, "Oh, Kansas City always hits the calls." Yeah. Um, it looked like it when Mahomes was, you know, when they they gave yeah, that. No, flag. This year, Philly gets all the calls. Apparently, I didn't. Like I said, I didn't see much of that Philly game. I saw some highlights, and 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 San Francisco just looked like they bloodied. Uh, yep. They're they're a tough tough team. Yep. Thankfully, we don't have to play them this year. Hopefully, we play them. In Vegas, in, in in February, and you'll be there for that. Uh, <laughs> you keep saying that. <laughs> I, I sincerely doubt it. Uh, so that's what went on in the NFL. Uh, I could not believe. I, did you see the final scores? Just looked at the scores. No, I did negative. not believe. You saw. You talked about the score, Gami. There was a final score yesterday of six to nothing. You want to guess who the teams were in the NFL? In the NFL. Oh wow! It was San Diego. It was um, the Chargers at New England. Oh, and the Chargers ouch. beat New England six to nothing. I looked. I was looking at the scores. I go, that that can't be right. Yeah, six to nothing. I, it can't be right. But that that's where we are. Wow. Jets lost thirteen to eight at home. They just, I mean, against the Falcons, and that was just crazy. And um, back on top of the leaderboard. Yeah, Tiger played this by week. one game. Uh, leader. Oh, and we, pick them. You're talking about pick them. Pick them. Yeah. Yeah, 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 by one, by one game. It's okay. You know, in a um, tie with Miss Betty. 
But she didn't play on who, that. Who missed, missed a pick on the Thursday. First and which means that she had a better week than him. No, I'm I'm in the lead for the week. Yeah, You're I'm in the lead for, in I'm the, the, lead lead for the week. week. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um Father Andrew's saying, why'd you pick the how'd you pick the Rams over the Browns? It goes, the Rams have been playing well the last two weeks and they played at home and they pay attention to football. I mean, it doesn't help me against your, Jorge because he doesn't pay attention to Your research to is finally kicking in. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was half a point off on Friday. Anyhow, uh that was good. Speaking of leaderboards, Tiger Woods played golf this weekend and his limb looks to be gone and you know, still a little rusty, but it's good to see him out there. I don't know who won that tournament. Uh because we're we're not paying attention to these things. They, I did pay attention to the Heat. They had a great game against Indiana last week. We did a, they stayed two games at home. High-scoring game. Your sister and, and Izzy went yeah. to that game. And speaking uh, of the Heat. Oh yeah, I'll get to that in a second. But they lost on Saturday night. Gave up a million points again and lost to uh, Indiana. So speaking of the Heat. We had a we had a special visitor. Two special visitors. Well, we expected one. We did not. I uh, Instagram lies. I guess it pays to advertise. I, all of a sudden, I, my phone starts blowing up. Your radio starts blowing up, I'm sure. Uh, Coach Spo was in the house yesterday for the fair. That's right. And we went up to him. You know, uh, uh, Gloria Suarez, the First Lady of Miami, introduced us. And and I said, welcome to St. Teresa. Go, oh, I saw you on Instagram. We, I said, kids, let's go to a fair. And I'm like, yeah, thank you for coming. I felt bad for the poor man because the pe- kids were coming up to him asking for photographs. I, <laughs> I mean, was, he has to know that's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. He's I mean, got to come prepared for it. I mean, and, and the thing is, thankfully, Spo... And he's got to be used to that every, anywhere and, he goes. And I think Spo, Spo obviously, a, is not as tall as, as... as He's tall, but he's not as tall as... Uh, uh, I'm looking at a picture. He's taller than I am. I'm looking at the picture you took. Yeah. Too live, Jorge. My goodness, because he's... Uh, I had I had my my son in one hand. I know. I should have given you my phone. <laughs> uh, but we took a picture. Izzy took a better picture. And um, but he's taller than I am. But he did play basketball in college. But genius of a of a coach. And we're we're just so happy that that he saw us on Instagram and and, and came by and saw us and and big and he was loving a lot of heat jersey. And Izzy yeah. happened to be wearing a Jimmy Butler t shirt, not knowing <laughs> maybe because Bernie was coming and and Bernie's always you know. Always great fun when we have him around the fair. So the and, the carny at the slide, because that's where Spo went first. He, as I'm walking, I mean, he knew I was part of the the crew. We exchanged a few words before, so he said uh, good words, good conversation. No, good, good kid, yeah. He yeah, uh, he says, "How much did you guys pay to have the head coach of the Miami Heat come here?" <laughs> I go, no. "Absolutely nothing." He says he saw us on social media. He says, I don't believe you. That is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, so that Carney will have a good story to tell no, he, at his uh, next fair. It's a great story. I mean, when you have Eric Spolster going on the slide with his <laughs> kids, you know, I went down pretty fast on that slide. He's like, the, and he couldn't believe. He's like, that guy can go to any amusement park he wants. And he came to, to this fair. That's right. He did. It's a little fa- family <laughs> atmosphere. It's a great fair. A lot of great things uh, said about the fair. Um, so anyways, uh it was a wonderful weekend. We are tired. We're probably not going to speak for the rest of the day because we gave everything. I don't know how I got through mass this morning. I don't know how I got through an hour of this of this podcast. But um, and rejoice because you don't have to hear the word raffle for a very long time now. I, I didn't care. I was. I, was, I don't want to hear the word raffle you don't for a very raffle. long time. <laughs> but I, I didn't care. I, I just love that you were having fun with it. We were having a blast with it. We we made just you know we made sixty three thousand five hundred sixty two thousand five ten five. I'm sorry, five oh one. No, it's five ten. You 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 wrote down five ten on the on the on the. Oh, five ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five yeah. ten. You but you corrected me on top of the stage. Sixty two. Yeah. Five ten. Five ten. So 
So I'm supposed to be an MC. I miss my calling in life, apparently. That was fun. You know, the the the, the, the kids saying stop. There's the late vocations. So you no, know. stop. You know, I'm, I'm I love I love being a priest. I love I love doing what but I yeah, do. Yeah, press my luck. Press my luck. No whammy. No whammy. No whammy. No whammy. And then we got to get a buzzer for the kids. I don't know. I mean, we can't connect to the computer, but you know, you just hit, when you see them hit the buzzer, you press stop on the computer and. But everybody loved it. the kids when they get a wind of that. Oh yeah, they're going to be wanting to line up, and there were six prizes. We're going to have to come up with seven or eight prizes nope. to to give away next year. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever. I hope we will, but I don't know if we'll top what what we did this year. Oh, my, Mariloli's all about getting to a hundred thousand in the but road. But that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and and uh, and it will continue. Don't believe so the rumors. So just, it will continue. You know, in, insider uh, insider fun stories here. With one hour to go, we were being pressed to add higher quantities. So we added a $250 and a $500 level. Wow. And in the last 10 minutes of the raffle alone, it went up $8,000. People, because there was a contest between the yeah. grades of who gets and the kinder most. And kinder and second grade we're kept, going back kept and back. swapping back and forth. There was like at least six times that I saw in those last eight so minutes. So in $62,000, there was a $218 difference. Yeah, between the between two. the two classes, which was just outstanding. And the again, last donation came in at six fifty nine fifty nine. Wow! And because, put, because the and computer, pushed yeah. Kinder over the top because the computer <laughs> stopped it literally at seven. At seven and, and listen, everybody's saying, "Father, expand it, expand it." And we could have made more money by expanding, but yeah, you know, no. we wanted to play by the rules, and Jorge needed to do crunch the numbers so we could finish the fair on time at eight. But um, but yes, you don't um, have to hear the word um, raffle no. until next uh, until and next fall. I don't fall. need to see that spreadsheet for a very long time. And <laughs> that's why you're not an accountant. Anyhow, uh, so the prizes went out. It'll be called today. Uh, we apologize to you because you're not going to get the ultimate prize, but you got an ACC championship for what it's worth. Uh, first since 2014, yep. you know. So you know who doesn't have an ACC championship in football? Yep. University of Miami. Yep. And the, the men's team beat Notre Dame after getting waxed by Kentucky last week. But, you know, that's college basketball, and we'll talk more about college basketball in the new year. Uh, anyhow, have a great week, everyone. It's the first week of Advent. Put your advent wreath up. You know, if you haven't decorated your house, I haven't. Uh, we haven't, you know, we decorated the nativity, but we haven't decorated the church. Start doing that, but start, you know, preparing your heart. You know, let, you know, like the end of the first reading, you know, he is our father. He is the potter. We are the clay, the work of his hands, as the song says. And, you know, just abandon him yourself to his will. Abandon yourself to his grace so that you may be able to truly enjoy this season of hope. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.